0: So, if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you come to the right place. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're going to continue here with John chapter 18 and uh, Luke 22, Matthew 26, Mark 14. Uh, and Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas probably first led the guard to Mark John or John Mark's home where the supper occurred. Then he led them to the to the garden. In Matthew 26, it says, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. In Mark, it says, And immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. There may have been as many as six hundred men. Pilate authorized the arrest. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he, he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them. Judas then, having received a hand of men, a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh hither, cometh hither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he, hold him fast, and take him and lead him away safely." And forthwith he immediately came to Jesus, and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him, and said, Master, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Judas, wherefore art thou come to betray me with a kiss? And Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, "Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus saith unto them, "I am he," and Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. No more could no more could Jesus be arrested without his consent than could his life be taken unless he willed it. Notice what happens in this next verse in John. Verse six, and as soon as they as soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Notice that just his presence is so awest- they are so awestruck by it that they actually fall backwards onto the ground. Verse seven. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled that he spake. Of them which thou gavest me, I have lost none. He's actually trying to protect his apostles here. When they who were about him saw what would follow them, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with a sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smote off his ear. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear, and the servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into its place, for all they that take the sword shall perish by the sword. And he put forth his finger, and healed the servant of the high priest. Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far? And he touched his ear, and healed him. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink of it? Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray unto the Father unto my Father and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? A legion was six thousand, thus uh, this would have been seventy two thousand angels that Jesus is talking about. And in Matthew 55 in that same hour said Jesus unto the multitudes, are ye come out as against a thief with with swords and staves for to take me? Then Jesus said unto them, The chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders who were, who were come to him, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? I sat daily with you in the temple teaching, and ye laid no hold on me. When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me, and took me not. But how then shall the, the scripture be fulfilled, that thus it must be? But this is your hour, and the power of darkness." Then the band and the captains and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Then came they and laid, hold, laid hands on Jesus and took him. And the disciples, that uh, went, when they heard this, saying, all forsook him and fled. But all this was done that the scripture might be fulfilled. Then all his disciples forsook him and fled. Not all fled, for John and Peter were nearby to witness the trial." And there followed him a certain young man, a disciple having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young man laid hold on him. This young man is most likely John Mark, or Little Mark, in whose home the Last Supper may have been held. He's probably about eight years old. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked and saved himself out of their hands. So there really was danger to the apostles. They were actually going to capture this eight-year-old, but instead he lets them take his clothes and he takes away, he runs away. Back to John, and led him away to, to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the chief, which was the high priest that same year. And they that laid hold on him led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. It was against the law to hold a trial in the high priest's house. They were supposed to use the hall of hewn stones. They probably would have Uh, attached a rope around his neck, which they would have led him away with, and so just like a sheep being led to the slaughter. Verse 14 of John, now Caiaphas was, was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple, that disciple who was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus unto the palace of the high priest. Both Peter and John followed Jesus to witness the trial. Apparently John knew someone of high position to allow him and Peter to be there. But Peter stood at the door without, then went out that other disciple which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. And the servants and officers stood there, who, made, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. And Peter sat down among them. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews also resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. Jesus is insisting upon witnesses here, which is his legal right. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? How easy it would have been for the one who cast out devils to banish the arrogant high priest! How elementary for one who loosed the tongues of, of the dumb to, to stop the tongues of false witnesses. Yet he who brought worlds into ga- and galaxies into being stood mute before his mortal accusers. He who stilled the rushing winds and pounding waves of the Sea of Galilee stilled not the stormy cries of crucify him, crucify him. He who had escaped unharmed from the angry mob at Nazareth faced the sa- the small band of arresting soldiers with a simple, I am he, the awesome infinite power Power at his command was not unleashed to spare himself the least pain, the smallest discomfort. And that was by Gerald Lund. Back to John. Jesus answered him, "If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me?" Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea were not present at the trial. Now in twenty-four of John, where it says, "Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas," this should be "sent him," not "had sent him." Uh, over to Matthew, it says, "Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness, uh, false witness against Jesus to put him to death." At least twenty-three members of the Sanhedrin were present; that constituted a quorum. And then back to Matthew: "Yea, though many false witnesses came, they." They found none that could accuse him, and the last came two false witnesses. Though many bear false witness against him, yet their witnesses, their witness agreed not together, and there arose certain men and bare false witness against him. These were men of the Sanhedrin who testified against Jesus, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither did their witnesses agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Knowest thou that these witnesses against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the blessed? Also in Matthew, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the son, of, uh, the son of God. Notice what he has just done here. Usually Jews would not speak the name of God, and here he does that. And so the priest is actually uh, blaspheming uh, what he's accusing Jesus of doing. Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. When Jesus was asked this question while teaching in the temple, he did not give an answer or give a direct answer. Now he does and, in, and indicates he will come in glory again. He quotes from Daniel chapter 7. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now we have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty and worthy of death. And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. A unanimous vote, guilty on the first day of a capital trial, was automatically an acquittal. The reason was the belief that the accused could not get a fair trial. Those guilty of blasphemy were killed only if they spoke the name Yahweh. Death was by strangulation, stoning, but not crucifixion. Otherwise, they were only flogged. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is it that smote thee? And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? And many other things blas- other things blasphemously spake they un- against him and the world because of their iniquity shall judge him to be a thing of naught wherefore they scourge him and he suffereth it and they smite him and he suffereth it yea they spit upon him and he suffereth it because of his loving kindness and his long suffering towards the children of men and that was by nephi now peter sat without in the palace and a damsel came unto him saying thou also wast with jesus of galilee in in john it says then said the damsel that kept the door unto peter art thou not also one of his this man's disciples he, he saith i am not and he denied saying woman i know him not but he denied saying i know not neither understand i i i what th- i understand not what thou sayest and i went out into the porch and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said, therefore, unto him, Art thou not also one of his disciples? And, and when he was gone out into another into the porch, another saw him and said unto them that were there, This man was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And he denied it again. Again he denied with an oath that I do not know the man. And after a while came they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Then Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word which Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and fell upon his face and wept bitterly. Peter may have been commanded to deny his association with Jesus. I think I read this about President Kimball before. We don't know his motive and certainly should not judge him wrongly. Is it possible that there might have been some other reason for Peter's triple denial? Could he have felt that circumstances justified expediency? When he bore a strong testimony in Caesarea Philippi, he had been told that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Remember, um, President Kimball mentioned that he might have been told to do that so that he would be uh, spared... Uh, and would be able to live later to uh, be the leader of the church. So that's all that we're going to read for today, and we will come back next time. Bye.